0: It is July 16th, and welcome to the Real Estate for All podcast. I'm your host, Frederick Middlebrooks, Navy veteran and realtor, joined by Cynthia Davis, owner and broker of Alert. This week, we have why FHA and VA buyers are struggling to compete in the housing market. Foreclosure spike is unlikely, even though the national forbearance moratorium ends on July 31st. Mortgage costs are growing 20 times faster than incomes affordability is driving many family members to buy homes together inventory shortage further delays millennial home ownership also we have consumers who are still overestimating the down payment requirements when it comes to buying a property lastly we have facebook's real estate investment venture and a massive development project that is this week on the real estate for all podcast week in real estate news why the FHA and VA buyers are struggling to compete so house hunters using conventional financing are edging out buyers using government-backed loans and this is according to a new study which finds that 89% of sellers would be likely to accept an offer from a buyer with conventional financing but only 30% would be willing to accept one using FHA or a VA loan Um, This is according to a recent study done by the National Association of Realtors. Digging a little bit more into this, what are your your thoughts on why this is the case?
1: It is where we are in today's market. The government-backed loans generally require a longer period of time for processing. Even the report states that it generally takes about 57 to 58 days to process a government-backed loan, and that would be a FHA and a VA loan. This has always been the case. They've always taken longer. Conventional loans have always been processed in a shorter period of time. And now with the market being the way it is, people are aware that things are turning fast. So government-backed loans, our FHA and VA loans, are getting pushed to the back because conventional loans are being processed much faster and in addition to that the appraisal values are generally coming in much more favorable from the conventional loans than they have been from the fha and va loans and i know for a while now we've noticed that va loans generally come in under for the listing price and so Sellers are just saying, why bother if I have a conventional buyer that's a much smoother transaction, less likely to have hiccups and bumps along the way, and it's the next best thing to cash.
0: And so some real estate professionals are saying that it is because FHA and VA loans tend to have lower appraisals. In the appraisal portion of buying a home once you're under contract, the appraiser is supposed to be separate from the people involved with the contract. So they don't have any vested interest or anything like that. The VA and FHA, to my knowledge, aren't using their own appraisers. They're going out and using other appraisers as well. So is it because their criteria is higher? I mean, why would these appraisals be any lower than any other appraise?
1: I think that you're correct. I think the criteria is much more stringent for those FHA and VA appraisals. And they are scrutinized, the appraiser is probably scrutinized much more. So they're making sure, for sure, for sure, that they're dotting every I and crossing every T. Therefore, you err on the side of safety
0: another thing that kind of has served in the favor of conventional buyers is that they have the ability to waive appraisals and waive inspections Uh, particularly if you're paying for cash you're just going to pay whatever you're willing to pay in cash you don't have to go through a mortgage or or a lending company to get a mortgage but you're just going to pay whatever you want to pay in cash you can shorten your due diligence period you can waive it all together waive the inspections That's not something that you have the ability to do when you're uh, going through an FHA or VA loan. You have to have those appraisals. Um, They need to know if you default on your loan, they will be able to recoup their money through the sale of the property.
1: Correct. And you hit one of the nails on the head because I am involved in a transaction right now. It is a conventional transaction and the buyer's appraisal was waived by their lender their down payment is sufficient enough that the lender is not concerned about so much the value of the property they know it's there so they their appraisal was waived in this particular case and you're right again in fha when that appraiser comes out there there are certain things they're looking for and even if the buyer has uh waived their Due diligence period and their inspection period, there are still possibility that there are some FHA repairs that will be required, and sellers are aware of it, and therefore they do not want the possibility of that coming up later on in the appraisal. So they go with the conventional.
0: And just for some numbers, a share of the FHA insured mortgages has been dropping recently. Uh, reaching about 14 percent of the total mortgages in May. In years past, FHA loans have accounted for about 20 percent of the mortgage market. So that's about a six percent drop off that we've been seeing. So a lot more people are choosing to go conventional rather than the FHA and VA, especially in a fast-paced market like what we're in right now, so that they can have a better shot at winning some of these bidding wars that we're seeing between buyers.
1: What I'm hearing is, is that the government-backed loans are pushing it to shorten up their time for processing so that they can help their buyers to become competitive in this market with the conventional buyer.
0: Foreclosure spike is unlikely as owners exit forbearance. So the national forbearance moratorium for federally-backed mortgages is ending on July 31st. And most homeowners will exit with a payment plan in place so a lot of these payment plans are going to help alleviate a foreclosure spike or an increase in the amount of foreclosures that we have on the market that should help maintain somewhat of a healthy market we won't see a situation like what we saw in 2008 where it was just a lot of people that were losing their homes and everything like that in the article that was released by realtor.com it says that about 2.7 million homeowners are behind on their mortgage payments and about 1.8 million are seriously delinquent which is 90 days or more past due but 77 percent of homeowners in forbearance have a loss mitigation repayment plan in place and that's according to mortgage bankers association which says that they have some sort of repayment plan in place so, so even though they're behind on their mortgages they have a plan whatever that plan may be with their lender, to repay that mortgage at whatever the terms are that they set up within that plan.
1: I'm glad to hear that these homeowners are coming out of forbearance with a plan. And I know I've been asked the question multiple times. Are we gonna have a surge of foreclosures? And I'm going to wait. Everybody wants a foreclosure with the thought that it's going to be much less than market value. That would be the price. But as the economists are saying, and I've heard this repeatedly from different economists, that we're not going to have that. So I hope these homeowners can stay on track and that they can make those payments and keep moving forward, getting current on their loan. Now, at the same time, During this time, some of those homeowners have been able to uh, obtain loan modifications, which is very good. They've been able to modify their loan, get it reduced to a place that's comfortable for them, and so they've been able to already start moving forward with getting themselves back on track with keeping current mortgages.
0: So tying that in with our next topic about the affordability of the housing market right now, driving a lot of family members to buy homes together. A lot of family members are choosing to go in together on a contract for a home to help them better compete in this white hot market that we have right now with real estate. Uh, Record volume or excuse me, record high home prices are still climbing. And family members who pool their money together may be able to afford a larger, higher end home. Now it seems like because homes are just so far out of reach for a lot of people, they're having to pull on, you know, maybe uh, mom and dad or, you know, cousins or brothers or whatever, and y- you have more family members living under the same roof. But I am
1: seeing this trend for sure. I have experienced from my office that. Uh, multiple family members that have pooled their resources and bought a much, much larger home than they would have been to, able to do alone. They would not have been able to qualify alone. And going into that higher tier market also gave them the ability to edge out more of the competition. I think it's a good thing The support for it. It's there for each other, but at the same time, go into it with a plan. Go into it as to how you're going to make this work.
0: And so, the most common reasons for that were to bring aging parents into the home and have grandparents help with childcare. People that responded also said that affordability was a reason for them making this decision as well with other family members to pool their finances together for a home purchase. So, tying that in to yet another topic that we have. Okay, the inventory shortage that we've had, oh, in man. addition to the increase in home prices, has been putting further delays on millennial home ownership. Millennials are ready and they're getting ready in larger, larger numbers to buy a home, but they face another challenge, which is that they can't find anything to buy within their price range or just anything period because it's a small inventory that's on the market right now, so It seems to have been a lot of hurdles for this group that was poised to bring a huge boost to the housing market because millennials are the largest generation on record. Millennials have been known to shave off home buying or at least push back home buying a little bit more than what previous generations have they've delayed marriage they've delayed uh, having children and they've pushed that back a little more than previous generations have some millennials have also said that struggling to save for a down payment has also hurt them as well as student loan debt that has been a hindrance into getting a mortgage getting approved for a mortgage and entering the housing market that way and we spoke a little bit last week on a What some of HUD is trying to do and eliminate that being a blockade from people being able to qualify for a mortgage.
1: According to the National Association of Realtors, in 2000, there was approximately 6.5 million homes shortage. So the Millennials are falling into that gap because there was a gap already, but it wasn't as noticeable. But now it is far more noticeable. So my heart goes out to the Millennials. They are a group that we have been counting on to be the largest purchasing group as far as home buyers go. But right now they're kind of placed on pause. Millennials are getting creative, but that's what that group of people do, they get creative. (laughs)
0: Definitely creative. And as a member of that group, yes, I can attest to that. Continuing along, along sort of the same trend, but going along with incomes, mortgage costs are growing 20 times faster than incomes. The median family income rose by 1.2 percent in May, while the monthly mortgage payment jumped by 20 percent. And that's according to the National Association of Realtors Housing Affordability Index people aren't making enough, or rather what they are making is falling behind in terms of the increase that they're seeing in how much it's costing to get a mortgage.
1: Exactly. And not only of the mortgage, the cost to get a mortgage is growing 20 times faster than their income. It is costing them more to get in that same price point home. They could obtain 5% for a down payment of $200,000, $10,000, they generally we're gonna be getting some assistance from the seller on closing cost contributions. But in this market, they are not getting that assistance. So they're having to come to the table with that 5% down if that is the case or more. And they're having to come to the table with their closing costs. So the buyer in a $200,000 home is still coming to the table with more
0: than they were prior to this. And speaking of down payments there are a lot of consumers that are overestimating down payment requirements a majority of consumers continue to believe mistakenly that they need 20 percent down payment to purchase a home but the truth is that the average down payment among all buyers is about 12 percent still money that you need to save up but it's not quite as high as what a lot of people believe you need in order to purchase a home it is good to have more money to put towards your down payment or to just have in reserve period uh, as a safety net. And it does help you also to qualify for better mortgage rates when you have more cash on hand, but it is not a requirement that you need 20% down payment to purchase a home. And with a lot of programs that they have today with FHA loans and conventional loans and VA loans, those down payment rates are a lot smaller than 20% they
1: are a lot smaller than 20%. For example, if your credit is looking favorable, the minimum down payment for an FHA under certain guidelines is 3.5% of the sales price. So it does benefit you to make sure you keep your credit as pristine as possible because that is going to help you get a lower interest rate for your loan. A lot of people go to the 20% down end so that they can take advantage of not paying that private mortgage insurance so they can avoid having to pay that little extra premium every month.
0: And just to explain a little bit to the listeners who aren't familiar with what PMI is, PMI is an acronym for private mortgage insurance. So typically if you purchase a home, uh, whether it's conventional or FHA uh, financed, if you don't put at least 20% down for the cost of that home, you're required by your lender to have private mortgage insurance. And what that does is it protects the lender in case of a default by you, the buyer.
1: Exactly. You're paying that premium for the lender to have that safety net in the event that you foreclose.
0: If you do put 20% or more down on the purchase of a home, then you can avoid paying that private mortgage insurance, and it'll save you a little bit on your monthly payments. The average cost of private mortgage insurance or PMI, for a conventional home loan ranges from 0.58% to 1.86% of the original loan amount per year. And that's according to Gwenworth Mortgage Insurance, Jenny May, and the Urban Institute. So somewhere in between that half of a percent to just under 2% mm-hmm. of the original loan amount per year. So that's an additional
1: to your principal amount your interest amount and your insurance
0: so again not required for you to have a 20 percent down payment but it does help you to avoid having to pay pmi which can save you a little bit on your mortgage cost but don't let that be a hindrance into you entering into the housing market there's a lot of options out there for you to especially now with the housing mortgage rates being as low as they are right now it could be a great time to take advantage of moving into the housing market and finding that home and with the decrease in mortgage rates don't let not having a 20 percent down payment be a hindrance into you starting to build equity into something that's yours and you can own and call your own
1: exactly i totally agree
0: all right moving on to our last topic of the week The social media giant Facebook is entering real estate development by investing in a planned community near its Menlo Park, California headquarters. It will be a 59 acre pedestrian friendly development, which will feature 1729 apartments, a 193 room hotel retail and a quarter mile elevated park. The apartments will include 320 that are set aside as affordable units and 120 for seniors. The development will be known as Willow Village and it's a collaboration between Facebook and Signature Development Group, which is a real estate developer in the Bay Area.
1: Yeah, it's 200,000 square feet of retail space. And then there's a 1.5 acre town square. They're going all the way, they're fully committing to this project here.
0: Facebook is not the only tech giant that is looking to establish its own town. Architectural Digest reports, Google has been given approval by the San Jose City Council to move ahead with its project, Downtown West. So Google is looking to have an 80 acre site located in Downtown San Jose, which will include 4,000 housing units up to 300 hotel rooms, 800 short-term residences for corporate guests and space for retail as well. Their construction could begin next year. Not to say they're one-upping Facebook, but they've got a, a larger site and more than twice the housing units that they're looking to put up with a larger hotel space as well. These
1: tech giants are trying to help address the housing shortage. Now, I do notice that Google is providing it for their execs. So there's short-term rental potential there as well. Facebook is considering, and I don't know if Google is or not, Facebook is allotted some space for seniors and some affordable. Now, I'm not sure how affordable those that are not considered affordable will be. You know, however... It does appear that this is a way that these two tech giants are trying to contribute to the shortage for in the real estate housing market right now.
0: So that's a good thing because we definitely have a shortage in Mm -hmm. housing market and real estate. Uh, We could definitely use some more houses, affordable houses in particular on the market, because as mentioned earlier, with the skyrocketing home prices, we need a lot of homes in a range that, medium and lower income buyers can afford. Yeah, I think that is a a strong move if it turns out to be something that does address the issues that we're having in the housing market. I guess we'll see more to come on what's happening with the Facebook and Google ventures with building their own little towns out in California. That's all we have for you this week. Please like and subscribe to the podcast. Review us, good or bad. Let us know what you think and how we can improve. We'd love to hear from you. So please send us an email. Cynthia and myself are affiliated with Alert, a licensed real estate brokerage and real estate school. So whether you're looking to buy and sell a home or become a licensed salesperson or broker, we hope you'll give us the opportunity to help you achieve those goals. Just looking for free information? You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit the website at alertpropertiesre.com. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing.